Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Imaginal Space Podcast. My name is Catherine Perry, and I'm so excited for this special bonus episode where I'm going to be taking a look at the relationship and the aura of the relationship between me and my spirit babies. So I am really, really excited because I haven't, I'm just beginning to kind of share this part of my healing, this part of my creative practice with you. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, what's also really, really fun about this to me and exciting is that there's not much out there in general about spirit babies and developing your own relationship with them. So I'm kind of just exploring and doing this on my own and, you know, learning from universe, learning from spirit, learning from creation as I go. So it's very much a very experimental, exploratory relationship, which is something that I really do like. And I'm really excited to share with you. I actually did an intro episode to um, to spirit babies in general. I did an aura healing, an aura reading of just, you know, what it is that we can learn from developing, you know, these relationships with our spirit babies. And I think it was a great intro into this series in general. So if you haven't listened to that, definitely check that out. I really, really enjoyed recording that one and sharing that space with you. And... So I am going, what we're going to do is if you're new, welcome. And if you have listened before, welcome back. What I like to do before I start looking at the aura in every episode is take a couple of moments to take a couple of deep breaths and then to set our intention. So the spirit babies, kind of like the dream episodes, they're a little bit different in that I just let you, all of them are aura readings up until this point, I might, you know, change that up or do something different. But for every single episode that is an aura reading, what's interesting about them is I usually, for the ones that are for the key phases of the moon, I don't tell you my intention. You know, they're all aura readings. The only difference between the ones on like the full moon or the new moon is I just give you that space to set the intention for yourself. And then I kind of read, you know, the collective aura of whatever is showing up. And then during the dream and the spirit babies episodes, I just tell you what my intention is, you know, so the beautiful part, my favorite part about auras, and I feel like I talk about this once every episode, is that they are personal and impersonal at the same time, you know, so I'm looking at this aura now, it's beautiful, I'm so excited, and my intention, you know, with this looking at this aura, the way I'm tapping into it is through learning more about, you know, my connection with my spirit babies, you know, what they are here to teach me, what it is, how it is that I can give love to them, et cetera, et cetera. And you can set the space for yourself and go in with a completely different intention and still receive love from the aura. And that's what's so cool about it. So if that doesn't make any sense to you, just kind of sit back, you know, just all really all you need is an open mind and an open heart. And then the wisdom will just come through, you know, for you and whatever it is that your intention is. So 
let's do that now. Just going to take a couple of deep breaths. If you need more time, just pause it. I already know my intentions. So for me, it's really quick. And then we will get started. I'm so excited. Okay, let's get going. So the first archetype, the first energy that is jumping out at me in this aura is the Bardo. And I don't believe I've actually ever talked about it on this podcast. This card is incredibly special to me. And I feel like I say that at least once an episode um, because they're all becoming special to me in their own way. But this card was actually the first card I ever like that ever came through for me, you know, and I'm talking about I went to the original deck release in New York. Um, Kim came to New York when she, you know, first was releasing the deck to do like a little, not like a lecture. I was going to say like a talk, like, you know what I mean? Like a talk, a lecture, like an introduction. That's a better word. Um, it was really, really beautiful. Uh, the space was amazing. Um, but yeah, it was like a little introduction to the deck and, we were all asked to just pick a seat. And, you know, we didn't know this at first, but where we were sitting, there was a card underneath our seat. And the Bardot was my card. And Kim's challenge for us was to take that card home. And that would be our card for the year. And the year for me ended about a week ago. Uh, the deck came out on October 15th, um, 2019. So it's been a year. So I spent the past year with this card. So not it's it's so interesting because I know it really, really well, but I know it really, really well in my way. You know, when I first saw the Bardo, I didn't know what that meant at all. You know, so I and I really like that because there are cards like the river and the bridge and the kiss and you know, other cards that have, you know, very easy, like third dimensional translations, like, you know what a river is, you know, you can imagine a river, um, you can imagine a bridge, but what does the Bardo look like? You know, you can look it up on the internet or you can look in the guidebook or something like that to find out what the word actually means, but it's not something as tangible, you know, like, you know what a gem looks like, you know what, um, I think I said the thread all right already, you know what a medallion looks like, you know, um, but you don't really know what the Bardot looks like. So that was a now that I'm like talking about it more, I realize that that was the perfect one of the perfect introductory cards to look at and to spend time with for the entire year, because my imagination was just able to, you know, just be free with it and just have fun and play around to the point where, you know, I don't even know you know, what like the, I guess, the official definition of the Bardo is anymore. I just have all of my own associations. And that's what made, you know, getting to know this card. So get that's what made, um, I don't know, there was just like a thought that came in. Um, that is what made getting to know this card so much fun. So long story short, the Bardo means a lot to me. And so the Bardo is, it's the liminal card. So I believe the general definition, which I have, you know, played off of a lot, is that the Bardo is the realm through which souls pass. 
you know, so it's the space, essentially it's the space between death and life, you know, if you uh, believe in that. So it's whatever, whatever you believe happens after you die or whatever you believe happens before you're born. This is the Bardo, you know, it's the liminal, it's the in-between space. It's the space between life, you know? So that, that's been so much fun, you know, to play around with. And so I was really, really excited to see that this was kind of the, not the main energy, but a really, really big energy in this aura for the relationship that I'm developing with my spirit babies. Because what's that, what that's saying to me is that a big part of our relationship, I'll sometimes I'll probably switch between the word relationship and contract. If you're familiar with like, you know, like soulmates, soul contracts, like twin flames, that's the kind of contract I'm talking about. Not like a legal one or anything like that. Um, Yes. Okay. So back to the Bardo. So a part of our relationship, a part of our contract in, you know, with where I am right now is to learn more about this space between death and life. And so my favorite download that my literally my favorite download that ever came through when I was, you know, taking a look at the Bardo is that the Bardo as a space, even though it's so intangible and like, and it's again, it's so much fun to even try to conceptualize in your mind, you know, what does that space even look like to you? That space between death and life is the birthplace and this, oh, that goes really well with the kiss actually. So that space between death and life is actually in my practice the where your relationship with creation is born, you know? Because when you think about it, all of the beautiful, you know, stories, all of the beautiful religions, all of those, you know, interpretations and perceptions and speculations about, you know, what higher power there is, it all has to do with, you know, either and it depends on how you want to think about it, you know, what happens after you die or what happened before you were born, you know, or what was the original birth, you know, something like that, something along those lines, you know, what was here before we were all here, you know, what was the beginning of the universe? What would be the end, you know? So the Bardo invites us to kind of, you know, ask those kinds of questions and then imagine or just like channel those responses. And, that's what's so powerful about this card is, you know, the more because honestly, before even this card, I'd never even asked myself, you know, what do I actually think, you know, happens after death or what do I actually think, you know, happens before we are born? Because I've heard so many beautiful interpretations, you know, of this space, you know, like um, even the way that I refer to my spirit babies, you know, um, like souls, soulmates, you know, twin flames that, you know kind of alludes to before, you know, after we are dead, you know, our soul lives or before we are born. Like that's like, like our souls exist in a space and then they incarnate into a body. You know, those are all stories of what happens between the space of death and life. You know, what does that space look like? You know, what happens in that space? You know, like that's where like past lives and then things like, I don't know too much about like the Akashic records, but that's kind of like the feel of this space you know, what do you believe happens there? And I think that that's like my favorite question is, you know, what I think there was one podcast actually um, that I used to listen to when I was a bit younger. And the host would always ask that question. What do you think happens after we die? And I thought that was a brilliant question. 
because that re- that reveals a lot about you. You know, some people believe you go to heaven or hell after you die. Um, some are a little bit more complicated than that. I don't know too, too much about, you know, every religion out there. Um, but they all have their own interpretation of what happens after you die and before you are born. And so that's why, like, that card is so exciting to me because you can be incredibly creative, you know, with whatever your response is. And the Bardo goes really well with the kiss because, okay, so this card also super special to me, but in a very different way. When I, one day when I was still getting to know the deck, I spent four hours or so. It was like four to five hours just channeling with the kiss and getting to know this card. And that the kiss was the first card where I really, really understood that your relationship with creation creates your entire world and how everything around you, everything that possibly surrounds you, it does start with you, you know? And that was, um, I remember that day very clearly. That was a very, very intense day. And it also let me know um, just in general about the archetypes. You know, all of them have their own like third dimensional stories. You know, the deck, for example, it comes with a guidebook or, you know, the kiss, you know, that's something like physical and tangible. Like when I say like kiss to you, you know what that means. You know what that is, you know? And that card taught me that it's far more important to pay attention to the downloads, the information that I'm receiving when I pull a card versus the other way around which was fascinating to me. So instead of like, okay, so I think there's like kind of two ways to read, you know, um, I guess any sort of like card based or any like kind of divination tool. I love it because it adds an extra layer to, you know, the aura. So for me, I love looking at the colors and I love looking at the archetypes, you know, because the archetypes are all like flavor of the different colors, but that is a different episode um, where I'm going to cover that a little bit more in depth. So it makes a little bit more sense. Um, But before I even knew anything about auras, I just used the deck to like pull cards just to get to know it. And um, so I wasn't doing anything like crazy or like complicated, but I noticed that it's what's interesting about, you know, pulling cards if you've ever done that before is you have two ways of perceiving it. You can perceive it as in, I have a question and I want an answer. So I'm going to see whatever cards come through and then, you know, interpret the cards and then get my answer. For me, the way I interpret card readings is you already know the answer. The answer is already there. The cards just reveal kind of like the flavor and the language surrounding what's already going on. So it, seem like it's not that different. It's honestly just like a slight perception shift. So for me, for example, that day I had been already thinking like the, there was so, there was so much information coming through um, already in my life about, you know, what does it really mean? You know, that your relationship with creation, you know, something inside of you is reflected outside of you. You know, I was already thinking about that a lot and, you know, questioning it and receiving a lot about it. Like that's all that was on my mind. And so this card came through. And so that's how the kiss became my, you know, your relationship with creation is your world card, you know? And then the more I interacted with it, the more information came through, you know, because I just started to open up to the energy of the card a little bit. Um, So there's a very interesting, you know, 
that's just an example of how you communicate with the cards, the cards communicate with you, and it's this back and forth dialogue that I really, really enjoy. Um, but that's why I love the bardo and the kiss together because so the bardo, but they are very different. So the bardo asks you the question, you know, what do you believe? You know, the, what is this space to you? What is this liminal space? And that plays into the kiss really well because the kiss, okay, so the bardo asks you to ask the question. The kiss asks you to pay attention to what's already there, you know? So they're a little bit different. Um, and depending on like what you needed, you know, a different card would come through. So when the kiss came through, I really needed to pay attention to, you know, how my actions and the way that I was living my life, you know, how all of that pointed to my relationship with source, you know? So it's just like, um, think about them. They're kind of the same energy, but in different directions. So the Bardot would ask you to just, you know, begin with the question, what happens after death and then play around and, you know, channel, do whatever you need to do, you know, receive that information and start there. The kiss is a little bit different in that it asks you to pay attention to your life, you know, all of your history, everything that you've done, you know, really paying attention to the patterns. And that's how you deduce, you know, what is, oh, hopefully that was right. Um, Yeah, that's how you kind of figure out what is my relationship with creation really like, you know? So the kiss is kind of like a, like a third dimensional approach. Like, let me look at, you know, my relationships. So, because like I said, I, for me, your relationship with creation is reflected in, you know, your relationship with yourself, your relationship with your parents, you know, your relationship with, I don't know, your dog, if you have a dog or like your partner, um, partners are the easiest, you know? So that day, for example, in order to really figure out, you know, what is my current relationship with creation? What does it look like? I took a look at literally through the kiss, all of my past partners. So no, not everybody I've actually like kissed. I don't know. That wouldn't, I guess I wouldn't take like too, too long, but I wouldn't remember, you know, all of that. Um, besides that's not like, it's not like the same. So for me, I took the time to go through all of my past, like like real like romantic relationships, really profound friendships, you know, stuff like that. So the cards don't have to be taken too literally. Um, but that's why I mean, that's probably why it took me, you know, like five, six hours, you know, just with that one card. Because through that archetype, I was able to see a very, very clear pattern and I was able to see, wow, you know, and I traced it all the way back. And this was before, you know, I really, really understood for myself that it really does begin with your relationship with love, you know, with your relationship with spirit. So this is an incredibly powerful card. If you ever have, you know, the time to literally go back, you know, to all of those, you know, even if you think they're kind of small, like obviously not everybody you've ever met. I mean, if you can do that, that would be really, really cool. You know, that'd be a really, really fun experiment. Um, but I don't remember everybody I've ever met in my entire life, you know? So, you know, just the ones that, you know, impacted you, you know, whether you view that as good or bad, that's what the kiss asks you to do, you know, starting with your most recent relationship and then tracing it all the way back. And then from that, you can see very clearly the patterns that you have. And then, you know, that kind of reveals the basis for your relationship with source, you know, and how it emanates. And then you can trace it back the other way and how it emanated outward, you know. So, you know, you start with source and then 
you know, like, um, oh, you know what a good example is? So there's so much out there um, right now. I feel like with, especially within the past like several years um, about like reparenting, you know, and really taking a look at your relationship with your parents, you know. So I believe that was on, that was on my mind a lot, you know, when before I first before the kiss ever came through in a reading that was on my mind a lot, you know, really looking at my relationships with my parents and, you know, how that emanated outward and kind of created a ripple effect into my romantic relationships, into my friendships. So that was really interesting to look at. And it was on that day that I understood that, you know, your parents are important, you know, your, your romantic relationships, your friendships, they're all important, but they're all, they're all equal. You know what I mean? They're all equal in that they are all equal reflections of your relationship with, you know, the original source. And I thought that was so cool. And I was, and at that time I was like, how are more people not talking about it? Like, why do people just stop, you know, with their parents? Like, but you know what, you know what it is? It, um, it really depends on what you believe in. And that goes back to the Bardot. So for example, if you believe that nothing happens, um, after you die, you just die. Um, and then when you're born, you're born, you know, there's nothing like, um, there's nothing like mystical about it. Then for you, it would you, the kiss instead of starting with your relationship with creation, it would just start with your relationship with yourself, you know, which is beautiful because to me, um, in my practice, like I am creation, you are creation, you know, I am source, you are source, you know, like that's who we really are. So it's just two ways of saying the exact same thing. So with respect to the Bardot, that's really, really important to know. Even if you don't believe that there is anything after death, then that's your answer. You know, if you believe that, you know, consciousness dies, you know, when you pass away um, and that there is no transition, the Bardot is still a very useful card because if you like, if that's your understanding of the world, then your relationship with yourself becomes the new source of everything. And that's, you know, where the kiss comes in. So your relationship with yourself is reflected in your parents, um, in your familiar familial relationships, in your friendships, in your romantic relationships. You see what I mean? So it doesn't, again, with the Bardot and the kiss, it doesn't matter how you answer. It doesn't matter, you know, if you do believe that, um, like I was raised in a Christian household, you know, so I went to just, I went to church, you know, um, like there, there's just so many different interpretations. You know, I believed in when I was really, really young that there was heaven, there was hell, you know, and that was before I really answered the question for myself, you know? So that's all the Bardot is asking you to do. It can change over time too. You know, you got to give yourself room for it to change. It's just like what feels authentic to you. And then, you know, that helps you lead into the energy of the kiss a lot more. But you just like just got to answer the question. It doesn't matter what it is. So um, that's that's my favorite part of the Bardot. The Bardot isn't like it's a very loving card. It's a very loving energy. You know, for me, it holds space for all of those interpretations. So for me right now, for example, um, what does the Bardot look like? So for me, if I were to answer the question, you know, what happens between the space of death and life? And this took me like a little bit to figure out like how this, you know, comes into play. And it's been incredibly healing for me. You know, personally, I believe that 
there is no right or wrong answer, you know, and that tripped me up for a little bit because I was like, well, wait a minute, like, because every time I would try and imagine, you know, or like kind of like that was the only channeled answer I could receive, you know, even when I tried to imagine the space in my mind's eye, I was like, what does that even look like? That was the most genuine answer to me is there is really no right or wrong answer, you know, because I've explored, you know, like taking a look at, you know, different religions or hearing different people that believe so deeply, you know, in, you know, whatever religious practices, you know, they engage with. Every single time I heard something, I was like, that's beautiful. That makes sense, you know, but none of them made more sense to me over another or different ones might have made more sense to me at different points in my life. But for me, I just, I really, I, it was so (laughs) interesting. It's like kind of like weird to put into words, but for me, it was all equal, you know? So, you know, even if I were attracted to one, you know, I felt a connection attracted. Even if I felt a connection to a specific interpretation at one point in my life, you know, that was for me at the time. And then it would change, you know, and I noticed that. And so I found that, you know, for me, you know, what happens, you know, in that liminal space, whatever you believe happens is what happens. And none of them are more right or wrong. And so that like for but for some people, they wouldn't agree with that. You know what I mean? Like some people would say, no, this definitely happens. And so for me, my only my way of differentiating the two would be to say, um, absolutely, that's true. But that's not more true than anybody else's approach, you know? So the Bardo gave me a lot to think about during that year. But that was the most healing for me is that, you know, whatever you believe happens, like all of those languages, all of those interpretations, they are equal in that they create each other and they don't exist without one another. So there's a ton of about that on my website, but, you know, like quick, um, like quick overview and it's really well written on like the website. But um, for example, um, I would say that religion doesn't exist, you know, without atheism, you know, they like just in the same way that black doesn't exist without white, you know, opposites create one another, you know, um, male without female, they don't exist without each other. So they exist equally in the same space. So if you believe um, in God, that's beautiful. But then somebody who also doesn't believe in God, that's equally beautiful because one wouldn't exist. One description of this world wouldn't exist without the other, you know, and that's just how I interpret the Bardo. And that's why I love hearing about people's, you know, different beliefs, different interpretations, different religions, because tying it back into the kiss that just reveals a lot about how they interact in this world in terms of relationships. So the kiss is a really, really big relationship card. And the kiss allows you to really pay attention to, you know, what is my relationship with creation like by observing all of your third dimensional relationships. So earlier I talked about how it's incredibly beneficial to, you know, look at the one, like starting with the ones that have shaped you the most that's easiest. That's like the easiest way to start just because it's very, it's a little bit more obvious what the patterns might be, but those patterns are still there in all of your relationships. So even in your friendships or the acquaintances you might have, the patterns are still there. It's just that they're more, um, they're a little bit more obvious in 
the relationships that you've spent a lot of time in, you know? So that's why it's really popular to like look at your relationship with your parents. You probably, most likely, I mean, I don't know your life, but you probably have spent the most amount of time in your life thus far with your parents or they've been with you for like the greatest percentage of your life. Even if, you know, I believe even if they're not with you with you, their consciousness and that influence is still around you. So that's why it can be really revealing to pay attention to those relationships. Um, But that's what the kiss is. And that I love that those two are in this contract. And so let's actually jump over to the venom for a little bit. Actually, you know what? The thread, then the venom. So the next card is the thread. And the thread is the archetype of, it's this energy of just understanding what connects all of us. You know, so perfect. Perfect with the Bardot, perfect with the kiss. So if we start with the Bardot, you know, you're learning, you know, by answering that question, what happens after you die? What happens before you're born? Those two questions, they're like the same thing. Um, that gets you to start paying attention to, you know, what is my relationship with creation? What does that really look like? You know, and then you can observe that, you know, in your third dimensional relationships, the kiss. And then that really ties in seamless, seamlessly with the energy of the thread. You know, the thread is the again, it's the card of understanding, you know, how we are all connected, you know, and how all of our, you know, different relationships with creation, how they all interact with one another. You know, it's finding the meaning within the chaos, you know. So for me personally, my thread, my way of knowing this world clearly, you know, my way of understanding this world and finding the meaning within, you know, the seeming like disorganization or the chaos is by just paying attention to what is my relationship with spirit like because that's reflected everywhere and then suddenly everything makes sense so that's my thread for example and i love that you know these three archetypes are big energies in this contract because for me that's like my favorite thing to explore is you know looking at you know what's my relationship with creation like what somebody else's relationship with creation like like those are my favorite those are like my favorite questions, you know, and it's really, really cool to heal all I've said heal, um, but hear all of the answers. But there might be some healing involved there, too, you know, because even like even if you ask somebody the question, they might just answer, you know, what with what they've been taught. And so that's um, that's why the Bardot and the kiss are important together, because, for instance, if you ask me when I was younger, you know, what happens after you die? Um, when I was really, really young, like five, I would have said, um, you go to heaven or hell or, you know, someplace like that, you know, it's just what I was taught. So the Bardot, if you can channel an answer, the Bardot is awesome, you know, because then it comes from that pure, authentic, vulnerable place, that very open space. However, if, you know, you would have answered the same way in which I would have answered when I was five, you know, with whatever was taught to me, the kiss is a better place to start, you know? The, uh, the Bardot is working forward and then the kiss is just taking it all the way back, you know? And so that's more like evidence-based, you know, taking in, you know, what's in the moment, you know, what it is that you've experienced, you know, how it is that you've been acting and paying attention to all of that information is incredibly important. So both of those to me are the thread in action, you know, finding your way home. So 
the Bardot, I like to say the Bardot is the birthplace of creation in all of us, you know, because that's where, that's where it starts, you know, is our in, interpretation of this very beautiful liminal space. Um, and so what the thread, the energy of the thread is, it's so much, it's something that has, like for me, it's something that needs to be felt, you know? So the thread on its own, you know, without taking the Bardot and the kiss into consideration is, you know, it's those moments when you are reminded of, you know, who it is that you are or, you know, what it is that you're doing here. You just feel like you're at home and you feel like everything makes sense, you know? So for me, I know that I can understand or, you know, if I'm kind of not, I was going to say like, if I'm in a pickle, um, no, if I feel like I'm, I've really kind of like lost my way or everything seems super chaotic or if the, if the thought pops into my mind, literally what is going on? Because when I, when I'm so far away, um, or when I've gone so, what's interesting about the thread is the thread is inside of you. You know, it's something, it's not something you have to go find, you know, it's always there and it's something that you can connect to. So when I'm so disconnected from the energy of the thread in my most disconnected moments, I'm like, what is going on? I have no idea what's going on. I feel really, really confused. And usually like there might be some gray, you know, just in terms of color, you know, around my head, like just like, just like a lot of confusion the thread heals all of that. And so it makes sense to me that the Bardot and the kiss, that's my thread. You know, either I can trace it forward. Oh, that's actually interesting. So the kiss, you know, would kind of be like me in, you know, the first time the kiss came through, that was me tracing the thread all the way back home, all the way back to its source. And then the Bardot helps you to come back out, you know, again, and then create, because again, with the Bardot and like that channeled response of, you know, what happens in that liminal space, what happens in the Bardot, what does the Bardot look like to me? That helps you to create just like an honest, you know, open, authentic life, you know, coming from that space of like, what do I really believe happens? You know, what do I know? And so the Bardot and the thread together, like you'll know that you answered that question when you kind of feel the energy of the thread. You know, when everything seems to make sense. So um, it doesn't matter. Again, it doesn't matter how you answer, you know, that question that the Bardot invites us to consider. But you'll know it's really your answer when you tap into the energy of the thread and everything in your life just kind of makes sense. So it's a very intangible energy, but it's something that we kind of just feel or we kind of just know or maybe I don't know, maybe some of us see like a visible thread, but we kind of just know, you know, in our own way. So that's really cool. And then, all right, so let's dip down to the venom. So speaking of threads and how we are all connected and, you know, how, you know, all of that wonderful stuff, the venom is also an archetype that connects us and just in a little bit of a different way. So I, I really, really love the venom card. I love it because what the Venom, okay, so what the Venom card does is it challenges us to view, I guess, like the kind of the collective like hurt and pain in the world as not, not like an isolated incident, but like we're all connected in like some sort of like thread of the Venom. So let me back up a bit. So for me, the Venom, 
Okay, I feel like we get in trouble with the Venom when, oh, you know what's actually interesting? I don't know why I remember this, but the Bardot was my card for the year on opening night, like the release of the deck, and the Venom was actually Kim's. I don't even know if she remembers that, but I weirdly remember that. Um, because when I saw the Bardot, I was like, I don't know what that means. And she pulled the Venom and I was like, oh, well, at least mine's not that one. I don't, I was like, I don't want to spend the year with that one. That one looks kind of scary. Um, but now it's like, again, beautiful, beautiful card. Um, because what it challenges us to understand is that, you know, whatever hurt or pain we feel, we are connected to the collective in that way, in that, you know, if we are feeling hurt or if we are feeling any bit of pain, it's very, very likely that whomever triggered that within us was also hurt by somebody else too. So um, I've definitely given this example before, but if I'm like in traffic or something and, you know, somebody like cuts me off, like very silly, very basic example, you know, if I'm just having a bad day, you know, that could be triggering to me, you know? And so now I'm like driving, I'm driving, and then I, you know, get off like an exit to go to a grocery store. And, you know, if I'm still having a bad day and I'm not aware, you know, of that, that the venom is like just within me, I might pass that on to somebody else. You know, I might be snippy with someone. I might be, you know, just rude or, you know, totally disrespectful. And that is me spreading the venom onto somebody else, you know? And I, I love the card because... For me, it the lightest expression of this card is compassion, patience, forgiveness, and understanding, you know? So, you know, if somebody um so this card, it what it does, and I love this along with um Kairos too, which is the next card that we're gonna look at. Um, but it just it takes you out of your ego for just a moment. You know, so Kairos for me in my practice is connected to my ego, my mind. And Kairos is the card of mythic time and divine timing. So these are really, really, these are two really, really cool cards together. Um, In that, you know, with the venom. So if you're like, let's say you're in that moment or let's say I'm at the grocery store now, roles are reversed. And there was somebody else who was like cut off in traffic. You know, they're just like triggered like the the venom is like coming out, for example, you know, and I see them, you know, I have a choice, you know, with respect to however it is that I interact with them. You know, I can understand, or I I can take the time, you know, if I want to, to hold some space to understand that, you know, the venom has been activated within them. And, but that's not them, you know, like whatever, however it is that they're acting. If, like I said, if they're just being rude, if they're being disrespectful, it's very likely because we're all connected in this way that the venom was act- activated by somebody else, you know, previously. So the person's now, you know, it's activated within them and they're carrying it around and possibly activating it in other people. You know, we all have the venom. We all have all 78 archetypes within us. We all have the venom within us. You know, we just choose whether we want to express the light or the shadow. So the shadow is just letting it overtake you. You know, the shadow is like, identifying with the venom and the light is understanding that no, you know, the venom is within all of us, you know, that's not, and it's neither good or bad. But then again, exercising that patience, you know, the venom has taught me a lot of patience because I mean, 
Patience is, it's like weird. It's, it's something that I've been told comes naturally to me. And I've been told I'm a very patient person, but I need to connect to it, you know, or it's always, it, it's kind of like patience was like lying dormant within me. And there was like a long period of time where I just had no patience for like that kind of stuff. And then as I, you know, really tapped into, you know, who it is that I really am, the patience came naturally, you know, so Hopefully that made some sense. But patience has been one of those things that has been natural to me, but didn't feel that way when I was so disconnected from just myself, you know? So when I'm connected to myself, totally patient. And when I'm disconnected, I'm really not, you know? Um, But the Venom card does teach you a lot of patience. It teaches you, you know, to take a step back and see the larger picture and understand that if somebody's being rude to you, that was triggered, you know, in them by somebody else. And it's not, it's not, it's nobody's fault, you know, um, it's just our responsibility, you know, and I really like that about the venom, you know, the venom gives us a choice, you know, the venom is always within us, like all of the other 77 archetypes, you know, all of them are within us at any given moment. But the venom really taught me that, you know, even though we have all of the archetypes, we have a choice, you know, with respect to how we express them. You know, we have a choice, you know, with respect to how we conduct ourselves and, you know, how we, and that's like a beautiful form of co-creation, you know? Do I want to express the light or the shadow and being aware of that at any given time? You know, so if even if somebody is expressing the shadow to you, you know, you're in the grocery store, you're in the pasta aisle, I don't know, they take the like the last box of rigatoni and you're like, what are you doing? And they're like, this is my pasta. And you're like, "Uh, okay, Um, you can get like really frustrated and, you know, you can like see the shadow in them and then let it activate the shadow in you. Or you can see the shadow in them and allow it to activate that forgiving, that patient part of you. And just a quick side note on forgiveness in general, because I remember I heard this a long time ago and I remember feeling just an immense amount of love. Like I feel, so whenever I hear something and, you know, sometimes every, like whenever I'm listening to anything, you know, you take in information, sometimes it goes in one year, you know, comes out the other. And then sometimes I feel like a response in my body. And that's how I know that, you know, whatever they were saying, you know, is something that I believe too. So I remember, um, man, I'm trying to remember who it was. Um, but they were talking about forgiveness and, you know, what does forgiveness really mean? So the way in which I define forgiveness, which is very, very close to how this person does too, if I could remember their name, I would like just share who it is, but I, oh, I really can't remember. It was a long time ago. Um, forgiveness to me is not about like, it's not about anybody doing anything right or wrong, you know? So a lot of people use like forgiveness in the sense that they're like, oh, you did something bad. I forgive you. You know, for me, that's not what forgiveness is to me. Forgiveness, if I ever use the word is, you know, just holding the space for the love that's already there and, you know, choosing to reveal that um, versus like holding anything in duality in a way that like is like demonizing or something like that. So for instance, 
Um, if somebody was, you know, expressing the shadow of the venom to me in any which way, I wouldn't necessarily like think like I'm forgiving you because what you did was horrible and like terrible and you're a bad person. That's not what forgiveness means to me, because like I said, all of the all of the archetypes, they have a light and a shadow expression, you know, and the light. I mean, and they're different, you know, the light expression is, you know, one way. And then the shadow expression for me, the shadow is just a challenge to love what you thought you couldn't before, you know, and that's kind of what forgiveness means to me. You know, forgiveness is, you know, anytime anybody expresses a shadow of anything, that's an opportunity, you know, for me, you know, even when it's incredibly frustrating and this is where the venom and patience comes back in. Um, Because the more patience you have, the more space and tolerance you have in general. But for me, it's not about like they did something bad and I'm going to forgive them because I'm like so great and I'm going to give my forgiveness to them. You know, no, you know, for me, forgiveness is, you know, facing the shadow and choosing to give love. That's it. And, And understanding that the shadow is no better or worse, you know, than um than the light expression. Both are opportunities to love. You know, the light is just a different opportunity to love than the shadow. They're both equal. But again, the shadow can just be a little bit more challenging for our third dimensional minds because it's just loving what you didn't think you could love before. That's forgiveness to me. So I just wanted to clear that up because some people, you know, use forgiveness in a way to say like, I was right. You were wrong. Like, you know, and that's totally fine, but that's just not the way that I do things because for me, you know, right, wrong, light, shadow, they're all opportunities, you know? And so whether it's something that you're used to loving, you're used to radiating, you're used to expressing in the light, that's great. And for the shadow, you know, it's an opportunity to bring a different form of love into the light, you know, and give it a space. So for me in general, you know, the light expression, it already has a space. It already has a voice, you know? And so the shadow is whatever just didn't have a voice. And so we're just giving it space. You know, we're bringing it in the light. We're shedding light on it, so to speak, to give it a space and to let it express its love too. So that's what forgiveness means to me. And so let's move on to Kairos for a second. So I mentioned this very briefly earlier but what Kairos does for me, I love Kairos in with respect to the Venom. Um, the Kairos is the mythic time, the divine timing card. So Kairos in combination with the Venom says, you know, whomever's, you know, walking into your life, whomever is, you know, challenging you, whomever is expressing Venom to you, whether it is the light or the shadow expression you know, divine timing, it's guiding through you through all of that. So it's the card of you are always in the right place at the right time. You know, if there were like right and wrong, like you're always where you need to be, you know, to learn from the people around you. And so that goes really well with the venom and the kiss, you know, to understand that. Or I never even talked about the venom and the kiss, but it's very... Like, so for example, if you wanted to really get to know your venom patterns, you know, how it is that you express venom, you could just take a look at all of your past relationships and all of them, you know, whatever ones that you like, again, you can start with like the, I guess the quote unquote big ones, you know, 
the big movers and shakers in your life. But that's reflected in all of your relationships. It's reflected in every single interaction, you know, the way that you speak to your best friend and then the way you speak to somebody at the grocery store, you know, it's all the same, you know. And what's so interesting is we might think that we change based on the person that we're interacting with, but the archetypal energy stays the same. So the venom and the kiss is an invitation to, again, really look at the the pattern of venom in your relationships and how you interact with how you interact with the venom is reflected in your relationships. And so that's something that's really, really cool to look at. And then the venom, the kiss and Kairos is really cool. I love the kiss and Kairos because the kiss and Kairos is, you know, one of my favorite downloads of all time. Um, that the people, the relationships that you're in, you're you're in the relationship that you need to be. And you were always in the relationship that you were you needed to be in at any given time, you know? So even um, I was just thinking about this the other day, actually. Um, there were like there are plenty of relationships in my past where it didn't necessarily go ideally, you know, with respect to my third dimensional mind. You know, there were plenty of bumps in the road, plenty of dips, plenty of uh, Lord knows what, you know, um, all those wonderful things, you know. So it was like they weren't always like the smoothest like ride ever to put it very mildly, but I could appreciate that that's exactly where I needed to be at the time. And so that's how, you know, Kairos and the kiss, that's how Kairos, you know, divine timing is your guide. And that's been incredibly soothing to me, you know? So, um, I've definitely written about this before, but yeah, Kairos is connected to my ego a lot. And Kairos has been incredibly healing to my ego just the the archetype of timing and under because I like I said, you know, timing, patience. If I'm really disconnected from myself and I can just I can tell, you know, if I'm really, really disconnected from myself, I have no sense. I have no connection to divine timing, no patience. Kairos, when I'm really, really connected to myself, it's a it's an initiation card. So it's one of my one of my key initiations. But whenever I'm really connected to Kairos, I have like for me, I feel like I have all the time in the world and all of the patience, you know, just because, again, Kairos and the kiss, you are where you need to be. You're in the relationship that you need to be. That's reflective of your relationship with creation, the bardo. And then for me, everything just clicks and makes sense with the thread. And, you know, all of those, if I really want to learn about the venom, they all help, you know. So looking at my relationship with creation, that really helps to understand the venom within me, you know. Again, looking at all my relationships, that helps me to understand the venom. And I just, I love all of those cards together. When I, again, when I saw this, you know, for, you know, our relationship, the relationship I'm building with my spirit babies, I was really, really excited, you know? So, all right, let's move on to the gem. So, uh, oh yeah. Okay. I really like this card. So, uh, in this context, so the gem is, it's the gift, you know, it's the, um, it's the gift, the very, the infinitely unique multidimensional gift we have within us. So if you were to say that we all have one gift, different experiences, different. So if we all have one gem, so kind of imagine that, you know, what does that look like to you? 
But by the way, this gem, okay, so the gem isn't like, um, like I wouldn't say my gift. It's not something that can be described in like one sentence, you know? So I wouldn't say my gift is to be a doctor. Um, It's really, really not. I haven't taken biology in forever because that's just like not my talent, but that's not what I would say anyway. It's not like a third dimensional thing. You know, it's very multifaceted. So imagine you have a gem inside of you and it has like, infinite different like faces it's beautiful it's vibrant it's so radiant and you know you get to discover different dimensions of the gem based on your experiences you know so speaking of the kiss and kairos specifically you know whatever relationship and my favorite thing ever is relationship and i've been talking about with people because that's like the easiest place to start Um, But we could be talking about your relationship, like, for example, to my spirit babies, to, you know, your spirit guides, your ancestors. Um, If you have like spirit allies, like plant or animal allies, um, your crystals, like whatever. You can develop relationship with anything. For me, everything has consciousness. You can have you have a relationship with everything that has consciousness. Everything has energy. Everything has consciousness. Okay, you get it. So every single, you know, as you're being guided by Kairos, as you're being guided, you know, by divine timing and you're learning from, you know, how it is the kiss and the Bardo is basically, and with the venom too, is how are you connecting with the world around you? You know, and every single interaction you have kind of, it can, if you're willing, uncover a new dimension of the gem. For instance, when I first, you know, spent time with the kiss, what I was really doing was tracing the venom through all of my past relationships, which was a really, really interesting practice. And again, highly recommend it. And then, you know, through, you know, going, so by understanding, you know, how the venom expressed itself in my past relationships and understanding, and then again, with the layer of Kairos, you know, really understanding that no matter where you are or what, you know, aspect of the venom you know, so for example, the light or the shadow, no matter how that's being expressed in your relationships. And, you know, if you want to, you can categorize them as good, bad, whatever, you know, that's totally up to you. All, if you're willing to, and if you're really, really open to it, those can reveal different aspects of the gem, you know? So for me, there are plenty of relationships where the venom was just like running rampant, like kind of like unchecked, um, No, not like that. But, you know, plenty of relationships where we were just, you know, acting basically from the shadow of the venom, you know. And, you know, I think maybe we all have like one kind of relationship like that. Again, doesn't it literally does not have to be romantic relationships. It's a blend. It's a blend of like family, familial relationships, um, romantic and like friendships, you know, all of that, you know, Um, those are all equal opportunities, you know. So what what's coming through to me now is, you know, if you're going to start with the kiss, you know, to kind of get to know the Bardot a little bit, looking at the venom can be a really, really interesting catalyst to begin that exploration. And then looking at, you know, the manifestations of the kiss, you know, AKA your relationships, um, you can really, it's just, it's so amazing, you know, what you can find if you look at it through the lens of the venom because then that's just like, that's a different aspect of the gem, you know? So you kind of, even if you've acted, you know, through the shadow of the venom in the past, 
you know, through, again, bringing in Kairos and understanding and that healing of just understanding that, you know, no matter what expression of the venom you were experiencing, you know, if you were passing it on, you know, et cetera, et cetera, if you did not choose to express the light, you know, aspect of the venom, all of the re- those relationships, you were in the right space, you were, you know, you were in the space that you needed to be at the time you needed to be. And those are all gifts, you know. And those are, again, all of your relationships. So the kiss and um, the gem specifically speaks to all of your relationships are gifts and all of them can awaken a different dimension of, you know, your gift in you. If, again, if you're open to, you know, no matter what was going on, no matter what the, you know, the story was at the time on like a third dimensional level, you know, no matter what that is, if you can understand Kairos and bring in a little bit of that energy And, you know, understand that whether you consider that like a good relationship or a bad relationship or however it is you want to label it, they were all gifts in some way, shape or form. And again, it's just easy, you know, the venom, it's easy to track, you know, what was happening in the different patterns through the venom, you know? So that's just a thought. But all right. So last two archetypes in the aura we have the lover and the medallion. So let's start with the lover. The Because, you know, it ties in perfectly to what I was saying. So the lover is the card of gratitude and presence and just being in the moment. So I talked a lot about, you know, like this looking back in um, at relationships in, in retrospect, you know, Um, a retrospective perspective. I feel like I did not use that correctly. So, um, but just looking back, you know, so if you can understand that, you know, everything kind of ties together really, really well. So if you can understand that, you know, with the Bardot, you know, everything really begins in that liminal space, you know, of understanding that, you know, your relationship with, God creates your entire world and that's where you start. And that influences all of your relationships, every single last one of them, unseen, seen, whatever. Anytime that you relate with consciousness, you're tapping into the energy of the kiss. So, you know, those two come together. And then, you know, again, all of this, Kairos is the card of time. So we've been looking back in time a lot, you know, so if you can do So the way that this has helped me is to understand that if you can do this with all of your past relationships, it helps you be present. So Kairos and the lover. Kairos is the card of all time, you know, collective time, all possible timelines, everything. And then the lover is more just be present in the moment. So again, if you can look back and understand that, you know, your relationship with creation that ties into your relationships and your past, again, those two mirror each other. That's a better way of saying it. So if you can understand that, you know, your interpretation of the liminal space that is reflected in your relationships and, you know, all of the relationships you've ever experienced, you were in them, not for a reason, but you were there and you needed to be there. That's Kairos. And, you know, again, incorporating the venom a little bit to learn a little bit about the flavor of your relationships. And again, understanding that everything comes together with the thread, you know, in order to give you a gift, the gem, that helps you be present with wherever you are now. So if you can understand that for your past relationships, it makes it very easy to be present in your future ones. 
you know? So if you have a history and you have an understanding that, you know, you are where you need to be, you know, where you are is a reflection of what's going on inside of you. And, you know, you have a choice with respect to how you express the different archetypes, you know, that are inside of you. And you have a choice, you know, to learn a little bit more about yourself and your gifts along the way, the gem. That can help you to really just be present with wherever you are. And that's what the lover is. You know, the lover is being, you know, loving and grateful towards, you know, wherever you are in this moment, you know? And that, for me, that's a huge... The lover is like a kind of a tricky card for me. Not sort of, but not really. When I'm really connected to myself, it's a natural card. And when I'm really disconnected, it doesn't feel natural whatsoever. And I get like really antsy and again, impatient, you know, et cetera, and so on. Um, but I, le- I really love that that's all to get tied together for the lover. Because again, we were looking kind of at, you know, the past. But so the lot of this aura was a lot like the first, I guess, hour, you know, of this, you know, has been really about reflecting upon the past and putting those pieces of the puzzle together so that you can have the same habits in the future and in your pre- present moment. And you can carry with them, you know, into the future if you so choose. And that's a little bit of the medallion's energy. You know, the medallion asks us, it's a little bit of an ancestral healing card, but in this case, you know, if we're considering the world to be like your universal family, then that's just a different form of like ancestry, you know, because typically it depending on what the medallion shows up with. So the medallion can mean ancestral healing just within your blood family, you know, and it depends on what cards are around. But this card showing up in this aura in this way we're going to expand a little bit on what we consider family. So with the kiss, for example, um, your friendships, your, you know, your blood relatives, your romantic relationships within the kiss and the medallion, that would be like everybody's your family. You know, so all of the romantic relationships you've ever had, all of the friendships you've ever had, your blood relatives, like those are all of your, all your family in this context. And so they all take a part in that ancestral healing, like a key part in that ancestral healing process. And so the medallion asks us to look back, you know, to see, you know, what is it that I have experienced? You know, what is it that I'm still holding on to? And to just keep whatever works for you to make sure you're not holding on to anything unconsciously and then release everything else with honor. You know, so the medallion is a huge card, Um, the medallion and the kiss. You know, so if you if you go back and you trace all of your relationships, I love actually, you know what? Perfect. The medallion, the gem and the kiss. So if you go back, you know, and you learn about, you know, the gifts that came from your relationships, that's that's the medallion, you know, in its lightest expression is, you know, taking a look and saying, you know, or taking a look at the venom, you know, within all of your relationships and saying, you know, I was acting this way then this was being expressed through me then. I don't have to carry that with me. And honoring the relationship for what it was. So that's the kiss in Kairos, you know, realizing that you were where you needed to be, re- uh, just releasing it with honor and respect, you know? So re- your relationships, the kiss and the medallion, they don't have to follow you everywhere. It, it's kind of like... um. We can look at actually the kiss, the venom, and the gem for a moment with respect to the medallion. So 
the kiss and the venom versus the kiss and the gem. You can view, you know, certain relationships, you know, for their shadows and not understand that their shadows were meant to bring out a dimension of the gem. You know what I mean? So you can release, you know, however, you know, whatever, like I said, through forgiveness. But again, forgiveness just in terms of revealing the love, you know, that's already there. Um, so, you know, through that patience, through that forgiveness, you know, finding the gift in every single relationship and releasing the shadow of the venom. That's what I'm talking about. That came out way more smoothly than what I was trying to do before. Um, that's a really important part of the medallion, you know, is releasing, you know, whatever, again, just doing that process of release and forgiveness, you know, giving the shadows their voice, you know, giving the shadow of the venom, you know, its voice, you know, whatever it needs to communicate to you, you know, it's very, it's a different kind of healing process, but one that I believe is just very, very much needed in terms of all of our relationships, you know? So that's the medallion, the venom, again, releasing the venom, forgiving the venom, transforming the shadow of the venom, giving it light, giving it space, giving it love, giving it compassion and your patience and your honor, and then transforming that into a gift that you can bring with you, you know, and that you can carry with you. And then the lover asks us to be present, you know, with the, the medallion is very much like a history card, you know, so like taking a look at history. So that's probably why there was, um, like, a. that's probably why we looked at this in the lens of, you know, what happened in the past, because that the medallion is the energy of just literally looking at all of your, um, everything that's happened, all of your histories, lineages, timelines, et cetera. That's the energy of the medallion, you know, looking at the past so you can be present because here's what I'll tell you. Okay. I used to be somebody who literally lived in the past. And so the medallion and the lover together, I really love that balancing act because what it says is, you know, take whatever you need from the past, take the gems that you need from the past, you know, engage with them, love them, you know, find a way for them to weave into your life with the thread and then let go of everything else because all of the other nonsense you just don't need, you know, by the time that you understand that, you know, everything is connected, you know, through your relationship with Source, the Bardot, that you were in, you know, you were where you needed to be with respect to your relationships, the Kiss and Kairos, and that in different relationships, you know, you might have expressed the venom in different ways that has allowed you to access different dimensions of your gift. You know, that's why the venom is very, very important. And it's not something to be ignored or shut out, you know, just because it seems like a shadowy card. The venom reveals different aspects of the gem that other archetypes don't, you know, all of the archetypes have different relationships with one another, you know. So, for example, we looked at the kiss in Kairos. We looked at the kiss in the venom the kiss and the gem, the kiss and the medallion, they all have relationships with one another. So, you know, all 77 cards have relationships with the gem and the venom is one of them. So if you ignore, you know, the venom as an archetype, the venom as an opportunity, you know, to bring out different dimensions of the gem, then you're missing out on all of those possibilities, you know? So that's why the venom, it's not a card that needs to be feared. You know, I remember again, that first night, October 15th, 2019, like 7 or 8 p.m., probably 9 p.m. at this time, you know, when I saw the Venom and I was like, huh, that looks scary. You know, I don't because I didn't know, you know, I don't know that card. I didn't know any of the cards, you know, but 
the more, again, the more you confront and the more you face those shadowy cards and you can show them your love and your patience, they can reveal so much. And let me tell you, you know, during the that like first, you know, like five, six hour channeling session with the kiss, I was able to reveal so many of the gifts, so many of the gems, you know, hidden, so many of the dimensions of the gem hidden in all of my relationships that I thought were just overtaken, overrun by the shadow of the venom. And so what I'll say with that is, you know, it might be even more important to look at those, you know, relationships, those expressions of the kiss that seem to be the most like shadowy and have so much venom within them because the gem, what's interesting about the gem is that the gem is one of those cards where it's a beautiful card and it'll be on, um, there is a page on my website that has all of the episodes and it also includes um, pictures of the archetypes that were in the aura. So you can look at it. I remember the first time I saw the gem and it's this beautiful, bright, like they all have different, all the cards have different colors, but it was this beautiful, bright, so many, all the colors of the rainbow um, gem. And then it's in this field, it's in this dark field. So there's a lot of contrast in this card um, visually. So the gem, the very bright, very multidimensional gem is in the center and then it's surrounded by black grass. And I thought that was beautiful, you know, to say that, you know, the unconventional dimensions of the gem, they are found in places where you wouldn't expect. And that's the beauty of the venom and the gem together. You know, the most beautiful gems, the most beautiful dimensions of the gem sometimes are found in those relationships that we feel are overrun by shadow and just have so much venom within them. And so it's up to you, you know, in retrospect to take the time to go through them and to just take that time, Kairos, you know, to heal them, show them the love and the patience that they need so you can, you know, retrieve the gem and then carry that with you. Again, so that's the medallion, you know, carrying with you what you need and then releasing what you don't, you know, and then releasing what you don't release in the shadow. That's that forgiveness process we talked about. So that's, that was a lot of fun. It had, again, like I said, the Bardot, spent a year with it. You know, there's so much to say about the Bardot. The Venom, spent a lot of time with that one too. The Venom, the Kiss, Kairos, you know, those are all cards I'm very, very familiar with. I was less familiar with the thread, you know, the gem, because, you know, different cards. That's, oh, speaking of Kairos, you know, different cards, different energies show up in the aura you know, depending on whatever it is that you need to see, whatever it is that you need to experience, you know? So I've spent more, you know, third dimensional time with some cards than others. But again, what's interesting about Kairos and just this aspect of timelessness, you know, the love and, a wi and the wisdom is always ready to be channeled, you know, into this experience here. But I'm really excited. So what I learned, you know, from this, I feel like I didn't I never know how these, you know, aura readings are going to turn out because I'm, you know, just like moving with the flow of, you know, whatever is presenting itself to me. And I didn't really talk about, you know, this within context of my spirit babies too much. But what I've learned, you know, from this with, you know, with respect to them is that there's a lot. We're going to learn a lot about relationship together and a lot about just you know, 
relation and that does not surprise me whatsoever because you know your relationship with creation the bardo um third dimensional relationships the venom you know the gifts that you can you know take away you know from relationship and then you know how that empowers you to be present and grateful for wherever you are all of that i could talk about that for days you know that's like all i ever want to talk about so to understand that that's you know, the core of what I'll be learning about with my spirit babies along the way. I'm really, really excited to do that. Um, so yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot, a lot about, there's a lot about relationship. Oh, you know what? I didn't even talk about this. Speaking of relationship. So I kind of glossed over the lover. So the lover is, it is the card of, you know, gratitude and being present And, you know, how much power there is in presence and power there is in just noticing the love around you. The lover is also the card of understanding that because you have the power to be absolutely present and the power to love within you, you have everything that you need inside of you. You know, the lover is the card of, you know, anything that you look at. Okay, so the lover in the bardo for a second. So if if you believe that you are one with creation and that creation is the same creation that is within you is within everybody else, so the same source that is within you is within everybody else simultaneously. The lover is a beautiful card in that whenever you look at anyone or anything else, that love and that beauty that you feel and that admiration for whatever it is that you're looking at that you think is outside of you is within you. So the love, the lover is the card of falling in love with yourself, which is like, that's, uh, that's one of my favorite, you know, it's, it's one of my favorite ways of looking at relationship, you know? So the lover and the kiss, that's an interesting dynamic too, because anytime that you're looking again, outside of yourself, you know, in terms of relationship, you know, it's, it's saying that, you know, you never need another person to complete you because as they they balance each other out. So on like a source level, on like a non-dualistic level, we all have source within us. We have everything that we could ever possibly need. But the kiss, the kiss, Kairos, the gem, they all point to, you know, it's equally important. It's equally important to understand that you have everything that you need within you, but there is still so much to learn through relationship, you know, and there's, so that's like through the venom as well. You know, there's still so much to learn about expression. There's still so much to learn about the gifts that come from different relationship. And so the lover and the gem, again, the lover, the gem and the kiss, learning about the different dimensions of your gift through relationship with, you know, seemingly others and yourself, you know? So the lover is fine. The lover is the archetype of finding the lover within yourself and whatever that means to you. So it's a beautiful card. So a lot of what I'm going to be learning about with my spirit babies in general, we've got like a couple of things, you know, one. All right. So now this is getting a little bit more specific, but yeah, one of them is really going to be teaching me about, you know, relationships, our relationships with creation. One of them is really going to be teaching me about another one, our third dimensional relationships And then another is more about your relationship with yourself. So we have three important themes here, three important levels. 
you know, we have the relation, the original relationship. I say the original relationship because it's the source of re- relationship, the one that's born from the Bardot in the first place. And so that's like on a soul level. And then we have, you know, basically, and this, okay. Oh, well, that's interesting. Okay. So um, the personal part of the aura is it's a message from my third spirit baby, which is all about, it's like about the soul. So that's, you know, where um, their messages come through is like paying attention to, you know, your soul expression. And so that spirit baby spring, their names are care, share and spring. I didn't choose their names. Those are just like the spirit names that like came through. I really love them though. So spring is the one that teaches me about relationships with creation. And then we have share, coincidentally, how we share space with other people, you know, how we share space with other beings, seen and unseen. It's basically just how we share space. That's the kiss. And then we have care, which is a little bit, it's a personal. So care is interesting in that it's the collective part of the aura. So spring is the personal part. Share is the shared aura. And then care is the collective aura. And so the collective aura kind of breaks down into two parts because it's understanding the collective and your place in the collective at the same time. So for instance, the car, the energies that were in Springs, part of the aura, were the Bardo and the Venom. So that was a lot about, you know, understanding how, understanding first your relationship with creation and then how that manifests as the Venom a little bit. So that's really cool. And then share how we share space. We are in the relationships that we need to be at any given time. So the energies within shares part of the aura, that's the kiss and Kairos. And then the energies within cares part of the aura are the thread and the gem. So the thread is understanding how we are all connected. And then the gem is giving your gift. So care is, you know, It's caring for yourself and caring for other people. And by caring for yourself, you care for other people and vice versa. So unlocking your gift and understanding how it connects to everybody else, you know, within the collective aura. So that's really interesting to me, you know, to look at those relationships on, you know, on a soul level with spring, how we share space with share, and then, you know, how we care for ourselves and thus care for other people. That's the collective part of the aura. And then the lover... And the medallion, they are in the rebirth part of the aura, which means that through learning, you know, about, you know, our relationships to ourselves on a soul level, our relationships and how we share space on like more of a, again, in an inner relationship. I don't know if that was like interrelational, interpersonal. Um, So we have on a soul level, on an interpersonal level. And then, you know, again, you know, what we can give on a collective level, learning about those three ways of relationship that calls for a rebirth. Again, we have the lover and the medallion again in how we see ourselves in the rest of the world. So the lover is the lover is beautiful because it is falling in love with yourself and the world simultaneously. And then again, we have the medallion in understanding, you know, how all of the medallion, what it does is it 
if you, so if medallion is kind of like the ancestral healing card and just tracing everything back, the medallion, for example, you trace everything back and you start with the bardo because that would be the source. You know, if we are going to broaden the way in which we think about ancestral healing, you know, our first, I guess, ancestor, I haven't really played around with this, you know, very much. So forgive me, but um, our first kind of ancestor would be God. That would be where we all came from or source. That's where we all came from. So that's where we start. You know, we start by looking at source and then, you know, we look and then we can look at, you know, how we interact on an interpersonal level and then how we interact, you know, in the collective, you know? So this is a lot, it's a lot about relationship. And I think that's really, really cool. And again, I think it's, you know, the rebirth part of the aura also calls for, so it's like a personal rebirth and then it's a rebirth in how we, you know, consider these archetypes. So a rebirth in terms of, you know, falling in love with yourself and simultaneously the world around you, that's the lover, you know, within yourself and then a rebirth in how we consider or just even a rebirth in terms of, you know, what that means to us. So what that means, you know, personally and like collectively. So there's a rebirth there and just reconsidering and re, you know, changing around and moving and, you know, redefining what it means to fall in love with yourself and the world at the same time as if they are, you know, exactly the same and they're united. And then, you know, there's going to be a great rebirth too with respect to, you know, what it is we think ancestral healing really is, you know? So again, the medallion, depending on what's around the medallion, like if the mother and the father came through with the medallion, and this is a really simple example, it would be more like, let's pay attention to family. Like if I saw the mother, the father, and like the orphan um, all come together, that would be like, let's pay attention more to like what's going on in the immediate family, like the typical third dimensional blood family, you know? And, but the medallion in combination with the Bardot means let's really, really stretch and really, really expand our definition of ancestral healing and realizing that we all come from the same ancestor and that's God or that source or that spirit or none of the above, you know, fill in the blank with whatever you believe there. But that's going to be really, really cool. You know, I'm excited about that one. Because that, to me, you know, redefining, you know, the medallion, redefining ancestral healing and, you know, the history that we need to pay attention to. It's what I said earlier about how a lot of people say, let me look at ancestral healing in terms of like, all right, let me take a look at my relationship with my parents. Let me take a look at my relationship with my grandparents. Or let me take a look at, you know, my great grandparents. Or I can do like 23andMe or like Ancestry DNA or uh, something like that. I've never done those before. That, that sounds really, really cool. Um, actually, I had a dream last night about taking an ancestry test. That's funny. All right. Well, um, all of that to say is, you know, for me, I knew I was like, how can people stop with just their human history? You know, what about where you and again, that does depend. So that's where we're going to we started with the Bardo and we're going to end there, too. You know, your definition of, you know, what it is that you need to look back on in terms of, you know, your history depends on where you think you began, you know? So if you believe that you began with your parents, you know, then you're going to look at your parents and then who came before them, you know? If you believe that you came directly from God, 
that's where you're going to start. Do you see what I mean? Neither one of them is like right or wrong or whatever. You know, it's just like, how do you want to interpret it? So for me, you know, speaking of the Bardot and spirit babies in general, I believe that's where we start. You know, we start in that space. So it's very, very interesting. And, you know, we're going to have a lot of fun, you know, diving deep into this. But I feel like that's like a good, you know, place to end in terms of just introductions, you know, but I'll leave you with that. We're going to leave with the Bardot and just think about, you know, what what do you really think happens, you know, between the space of death and life? And then wherever you think that happens, that's where this entire process of ancestral healing needs to begin. Because what gets interesting about that is for me personally, I believe we all begin in the Bardot. I believe that we all come from source, you know? So my ancestry now, it doesn't just include my bloodline. It includes everybody's and taking a look at everybody's bloodlines, you know, and everybody's history. And that's where the venom comes into play too. Because while, you know, I can't necessarily... I mean, it'd be very, very difficult, you know, to look at what, get like a 23andMe, like ancestry DNA test of like everybody I've ever met. No, but the venom, this is where the venom and the kiss comes in again, helps you to, you know, look at that history in an archetypal way, you know? So again, if you start with source, everyone that comes from source is your family. And that's the, you know, ancestry you need to be looking at. If you come from your parents, then you'll look at, you know, your parents' lineage and that's it. You know, but for me, the beauty about the medallion and the Bardot is like, there's just so much there. I just, oh my God, I want to talk about it all. Um, but I won't do that today. But um, yeah, if you look at the medallion and the Bardot together and you believe we all come from the same source, then all of our lineages are connected. You know, and that's, I, I just talked about people, you know, that's all the seen and unseen realms too, you know, and that's just, oh, that just blows my mind. That's really, really cool. Um, so it's overwhelming, but it's cool to, you know, to think about. And again, it's overwhelming in that, you know, there's infinite beings out there, infinite life forms that you now share history with, because we all, you know, if you believe we all share source and we all share history. And again, the venom just the venom and looking at archetypal patterns can like show us how we're all connected. Ooh, I just got a great idea. Okay. Well, I'm going to stop there and, you know, I'll just play around with that a little bit later. Um, that's going to be really fun. Um, okay. So with that, we are done and we're going to go out the same way that we came in. All that means is we're going to take a couple of deep breaths. You know, if you want to pause to take more time, um, that's great. Um, but yeah, I just like to take this time to say thank you. Thank you to, you know, for me, I shared the space with my spear babies today. I'm always sharing space with them. So I say thank you to them. You know, I just, I love you. I appreciate you. All of that good stuff. Um, you can even just say thank you to yourself for sitting with me for like this amount of time um, and sitting with yourself and everybody else who's listening to this. That's also the fun part about Kairos. No matter when we listen to this on in a third dimensional sense, we're all receiving the wisdom of the aura and it's just, it's timeless. So let's take a pause and then we'll wrap up. All right. Thank you so much for sharing space today. I enjoyed it. If you could possibly 
rate, review, subscribe if you enjoyed it. That would be very, very helpful. Um, I appreciate you just for sharing space with me today, sharing space with everybody else, you know, in their wonderful timelessness nature. And with that, I will talk to you soon. <laughs>